It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. I'll tell you what, folks, if you are listening to Bot Radio Network in the state of Kansas, this program is for you. Now, the listeners to Bot Radio Network in all other states, from Texas all the way up to Indiana, they are hearing another program. But this is a Kansas program because it's a Kansas story and it is directed to every Kansas voter. What say you, Rich? Well, I'm excited to get into it. Absolutely. It's about the love them both. Well, love them both. Now listen to what listen folks, turn your radio up. You're going to you're going to find this program interesting. Uh, even if you get a little angry with us, I don't know who you are. I just want to talk to you a little bit. Listen to what Phil Kagey wrote. Who will speak up for the little ones? Helpless and half abandoned. They've got a right to choose life they don't want to lose. I've got to speak up, won't you? Oh, yeah. All right, now, Rich, you've been running an editorial on Bot Radio Network across the state of Kansas. I want the listeners to hear that now. This is Rich Bot with an editorial comment. Last year, the liberal activist Kansas State Supreme Court handed down a ruling that puts at risk every pro-life state law that regulates and restricts abortion. This undoes decades of pro-life work in the state. The only way to correct this radical injustice is with a state constitutional amendment to be voted on by the people of Kansas. The Value Them Both Amendment passed the Senate with the required two-thirds majority, but last Friday... The Kansas House missed the required two-thirds majority by only four votes. Every pro-abortion Democrat voted no. And shockingly, four supposedly pro-life Republicans joined with the Democrats to vote no and kill the amendment. I call them the fatal four. Each of those four House members ran on the pro-life Republican platform, yet just when their vote counted most, they voted no. They denied we the people the opportunity to vote on this amendment. The fatal four are Jan Kessinger representing Overland Park, Tom Phillips representing Manhattan, Bill Panbacker representing the north central towns of Maryville, Washington, Belleville, and Don Heineman representing out in western Kansas, Scott City, Dighton, and Oakley. You may call these men at 1 800 432 3924. You might also consider recruiting and supporting genuine pro-life alternatives in the upcoming primary election. The deadline for registering for the August primary is June 1st, so there's plenty of time to do the right thing. The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men and women to do nothing. And the fight for life in Kansas goes on. For more information about the Value Them Both Amendment, you can go to the Kansans for Life website at kfl.org. That's kfl.org. Okay. You see, value them both. That's the message, isn't it? That's the message. I am so weary of hearing the debate. Uh, Forget there's two people involved in this issue. And any public servant in the state of Kansas who runs on a party with a platform of pro-life and then does this, 
you really nailed it, Rich, when you said the fatal four. Now, the people we're talking to across the state of Kansas, you have to make up your mind. Are you even registered to vote? And if you do vote, do you know what you're voting about? Um, Brian Brown is on the line. He's a lawyer in Topeka, Kansas, and also a pro-life activist. So, Brian, just tell us a little bit about what the people missed in having the opportunity to vote themselves because it was taken away from them by these four so-called moderate Republican House members in the state of Kansas. Well, the uh, attempt is to amend our Constitution. The Constitution, of course, is the foundational document of the state. And what happened is, in the uh, Hodes decision last year, the Supreme Court of Kansas came out and said, well, hey, our Constitution supports the right to abortion. Our Constitution gives the woman the right to decide whether she wants to keep her baby even up to the day of birth. And it put our state, along with nine other states that have said that, and said that uh, even if Roe versus Wade falls, we still have the right to abortion in our state constitution. Now, two of those states, West Virginia and Tennessee, turned right around and did exactly what we're trying to do. They said, let us let all the people vote. All the people voted, and they fixed their constitution so the liberals couldn't construe it in such a modern way. Of course, we know the 1851 Constitution of Kansas, that the good people of Kansas would have passed out if someone had told to them that they had just written a constitution that allows a woman to kill her child in utero. They would have never accepted that. But these modernists have put a spin on it that, of course, is right from the evil one, and uh, they've distorted it. So we have to fix that. And this value them both amendment will fix that because it will go ahead and put in the constitution of the state of Kansas that this constitution does not give a woman a right to end her pregnancy. Oh. That then allows us to continue to pass pro-life laws that regulate, circumvent uh, abortion in Kansas. If the people vote for that, you see what this is troubling to so many, these four Republicans took the right of the people to speak to this issue. If the people were given the vote, do they want this to be passed or not? It's the right of the people that these four Republicans took away, their right to vote. That's what it is, isn't it? I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. I get, I'm pretty old, you know, but, but I'll tell you what, I know I can go right to the center of it, and that's what the problem is. They know, they know. If you're now, these are Republicans, for goodness sake. If you're watching Donald Trump, what is happening in the federal court system as well as the Supreme Court, Judge Kavanaugh and the other appointments to the Supreme Court are probably going to be challenging Roe v. Wade in the not too distant future. So what these liberals in Kansas have said, we want our Constitution written in such a way that regardless of what the federal Constitution says, it still is a mandatory right in the state of Kansas. Am I saying that right, Brian? I believe you are, Dick, yes. What do you say, Rich? Well, the, the thing is that, that 
We're not just talking about how these four failed us, but also how the fight continues. And I think that's important for the people to understand that the battle goes on because those of us that are pro-life and we believe that we're created in the likeness and image of God and every life has value are going to keep fighting for life in the state of Kansas. Yeah. All right. I would like our listeners to hear what Mary Kay Culp said. And she, of course, is one of the main people in the KFL Kansans for Life. Listen to Mary Kay Culp. This fight to pass a constitutional amendment in Kansas is not over. We have to pass it in order to regain our right to have pro-life laws. We have the rest of the legislative session, which runs through May, to do this. We're working with leadership, and we're pulling out all the stops. And we're going to keep the pro-life voters informed because this is the most important pro-life vote of this generation. So I just want people to know that even though we barely lost the recent votes that we're carrying on, and we certainly have not given up hope, and for people to keep paying attention and keep contacting their legislators. See, now, Brian and Rich both, I want to ask you, uh, this vote, in order to change the Constitution, in other words, to shore it up, in other words, to make sure that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, why then Kansas will have the freedom to do what the voters then want done. And uh, so I, I want both of you to comment on this. Uh, Henry Hyde, when he was a, a Republican, he was alive in the U.S. Cons- in the U.S. House of Representatives. He uh, got the Hyde Amendment passed. Of course, the pro-abortion people, they didn't like that at all. They didn't like Henry Hyde at all. But if you, I'll tell you, Henry Hyde was not a moderate. I don't know what the talk about this moderate business is. Maybe that's kind of standing in the middle of the road and trying to be patted on the back for doing it. I don't know what that is. How can you be moderate when it comes to life and death? I want the listeners to hear what Henry Hyde said about the issue of abortion when he was alive uh, in the in the in the federal House of Representatives. Now, the law exists to protect the weak from the strong. That's why we're here. Mr. Speaker, in his classic novel, Crime and Punishment, Dostoevsky has his murderous protagonist, Raskolnikov, say, man can get used to anything, the beast. That we're even debating this issue, that we have to argue about the legality of an abortionist plunging a pair of scissors into the back of the tiny neck of a little child whose trunk arms and legs have already been delivered, and then suctioning out his brains only confirms Dostoevsky's harsh truth. Now, folks listening in the state of Kansas, George Tiller, abortionist George Tiller, right there on Kellogg Street in Wichita, Kansas, uh, gave Kansas the reputation back in the 80s and in the 90s as being the abortion capital of the United States. His abortions were so late term that people were coming from other states across state line to have George Tiller um, kill their baby. I don't know another better way to say it because that she was so far along that no other abortionist would would, would really touch it. That is the way things descended in Kansas 
at that time. And Brian Brown, that's when I met you. Is that not true? Yeah, on the streets of Wichita during the Summer Mercy. Mr. Bodis went in where we met. Yeah. I know a lot of people listening right now, maybe they were there, or maybe they just read what the newspaper said about it, or the media, the so-called media that we're hearing a lot about today, that were not giving the facts. That's why Rich and I went there. We wanted to see it for ourselves. We wanted to witness it and then report the truth. My interest was not on either side. I wanted to be an honest broker of truth. And when Rich and I went there, we thought we were going to be there for three and a half days. That's what we scheduled. We were there five and a half weeks. And I saw the kindest, nicest, sweetest, most precious people who were doing something to save the life of an innocent preborn child. Now that brings up a question. Is this little baby simply baggage? Is it simply a product or is it a human being? Uh, in a trial in Wichita at that time, Dr. Jerome Lejeune settled that question. And the abortion crowd, they didn't even want to hear it or acknowledge it. Of course it's a child. Of course it's a living human being. Isn't that what it was about at that time that the Wichita, Kansas people had to go through? And now here we are looking, for goodness sake, the governor we have, a great friend of Kathleen Sebelius, who gave a big birthday party to George Tiller in the governor's mansion. Kansas people, is this what you want? Go ahead, Rich. Well, Dad, I was going to say, I remember uh, that you mentioned that Kansas was known as the abortion capital of the nation. I remember Governor Brownback then later, as, as legislation was passed and enacted to restrict abortion and to regulate abortion, that, that Governor Brownback said, Kansas is now a pro-life state. And we're not going back. Yeah. And so now then the state Supreme Court says, yes, we are going back. And every Democrat House member voted, yes, we are going back. They needed a two-thirds majority to advance this amendment. And they had the two-thirds majority except for those four Republicans. Now, a Republican, that's a pro-life platform. But these four, when the pro-life vote was the most important, they voted with all of the pro-abortion Democrats, no. And I think people need to know that. And as Jan Kessinger in Overland Park, Tom Phillips in Manhattan, Kansas, Don Heineman out in western Kansas, Dighton, Scott City, Oakley, that area, and Bill Panbacker, and that's in north-central Kansas, Marysville, and uh, Bellsville and Washington, that area up along the northern part of the state next to Nebraska. Those four people, uh, they need to hear from listeners. All right. Now, Susan Humphrey from Wichita area, she's in the state legislature. Uh, what is her What is her office? Uh, well, she's in the Topeka area, but she carried this amendment. It was her amendment, and so she's the one that championed it to the legislature. All right. To be voted on. Now, keep in mind, folks, to be voted on so you folks, you folks would have a right to pass on your judgment in the general election. Now, am I saying that right, Brian? Yeah, I believe you are. Yeah. 
Well, here's yeah, what's you, it. yeah you're, you're getting it right. I mean, the people have a right to amend their constitution, but the, the procedure is that the the bicameral state house, both the representatives and the senators, must agree, and we must get two thirds of the votes of each body. We and were it, getting, we got that in the Senate. Yeah, it went to the House. And the House has not given it to us. We're focused on the four Republicans. But I think also this should bring to light the fact that the Democrat Party at a local level, at a state level, is the party of death. We know on the national level they can't fall over themselves quickly enough to be able to say you should kill a baby to the day of birth. But for years and years, for decades now, we've heard, well, you know, not, not all Democrats are that way. There are such things as pro-life Democrats. Well, there aren't any in Kansas that are in office in the House because we don't have any representatives who cross party line that I know of? Maybe we do. Rich, do you know of any? No, or I don't. Did and they, I, and did they I vote think the, I think the same thing was true in the Senate. Uh, as far as the Democrats are concerned, but the Senate had, they didn't have any Republicans in the Senate that failed to stay with the platform of their own party. No, that's See, why it was so surprising that these four, the fatal four, killed this amendment. Now here's what Susan Humphreys had to say. We don't believe this is over because we don't stop fighting for life. And we'll use the rules in every way that we can to keep bringing this up. And so super disappointing today what happened, but we don't know what God's plan is. We believe he's on the throne and we're just praying for wisdom and for his will to be done. And we'll just keep pressing on in whatever opportunity that he presents and that presents itself. Now, uh Listeners, right now to this broadcast, when she says we, does that include you? Are you even registered to vote? And if you are registered to vote, do you know what you're voting about? And then certainly you can use your telephone and let these four know, as Republicans, what you think of them. Now here is uh, here is Ron uh, Wickman, Jr., he's the Speaker of the House in the state of Kansas. Listen to him. The people of Kansas lost today. They lost their right to vote on the direction of our state's future. They lost their ability to exercise the state's system of judicial checks and balances. Today's vote sets our state down a disappointing path, one where the people have no say in whether Kansas will be a pro-life or pro-choice state, and one where the state may no longer have the authority to implement common sense regulations, such as parental notification for minors, limitations on late term and partial birth abortions, or the health and safety precautions for clinics. I stand when Kansans, I stand for life. Does any member desire to change his or her vote? Seeing none, with 80 voted in favor and 43 against, the passage of SCR 1613 does not receive the constant majority and fails. You see, folks, he gave he gave the four, the four, what do you call them, Rich? The fatal four. A chance to change their vote, and they did not. Now it's up to the people. And if you're listening to this broadcast, it's up to you. It's really not up to us, but we want you to be fully informed. We want you to be fully informed. We want you to know if you are a voter in the state of Kansas, let your voice be heard because the public servants that represent you may or may not represent your values. Now, here is what Congressman, U.S. Congressman Henry Hyde said. It's cut two. Let's hear it. We were told in committee by an attending nurse 
that the little arms and legs stop flailing and suddenly stiffen as the scissors is plunged in. People who say, I feel your pain, aren't referring to that little infant. What kind of people have we become that this procedure is even a matter for debate? Can't we draw the line at torture and baby torture at that? If we can't, what's become of us? I tell you what, let Henry Hyde speak. Mr. Bott, yeah, uh, if, if I could make this extremely effective, um, I know that a lot of political people in political office do not hear often from their constituents. And if they hear from 10 constituents, that is people that are within their area that will be voting or not voting for them, that's huge. And so I think that Rich has done a fantastic job with his editorial. I thought it was brilliant. If he would go ahead and read back the names and the locations of these four, if just if just 10 people listening, and, and you don't know if it's other nine, it's you listening right now on radio, if this is your representative, call and say, I'm going to make sure you have a primary opponent. I'm going to see you removed from office because you will not vote to let us vote, the people. You put it so well, you will not vote to allow us to vote, the people. Go ahead, Rich. Yeah, the first one here is Jan Kessinger, and that's Overland Park, Leewood. Jan Kessinger, Overland Park, Leewood. The next one is Tom Phillips, Manhattan, Kansas. Tom Phillips. Then there's Don Heinemann, and that's out in western Kansas, Dighton, Scott City, Oakley, that whole area. And then there is Bill Panbacker, and that is Washington, Marysville, Belleville, northern, uh, north central Kansas. Those four men, Jan Kessinger, Tom Phillips, Don Heinemann, Bill Panbacker, I call them the fatal four. Yeah. I want the listeners to hear Congressman Henry Hyde and see what he has to say on this subject. I finally figured out why supporters of abortion on demand fight this infanticide ban tooth and claw. Because for the first time since Roe v. Wade, the focus is on the baby. Not the mother, not the woman, but the baby. And the harm that abortion inflicts on an unborn child, or in this instance, a four-fifths born child. That child, whom the advocates of abortion on demand have done everything in their power to make us ignore, to dehumanize, is as much a bearer of human rights as any member of this House. Let me say this. When you call, what you want to say is, I am very disappointed that you chose to vote against the Value Them Both Amendment. That's what is called the Value Them Both Amendment. Yeah. And these four, the fatal four, voted no. The Value Them Both Amendment. And yet they had run for office as a Republican on the Republican platform. Which is a pro-life platform. Now, they all have their excuse. I mean, you know, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. Don't forget that. And these people, they're pretty skilled in, in uh, explaining their... But the point is, what they did is what they did, and the vote has been cast. Here's Henry Hyde, cut five. I want them, the folks to listen to this. What do we mean by human dignity if we subject innocent children to brutal execution when they're almost born? We all hope and pray for death with dignity. Tell me what's dignified about a death caused by having a scissor stabbed into your neck so your brains can be sucked out. 
Now, you see, that was the partial birth abortion that he was talking about at that time. But from the moment of conception, folks, you have a living human being, not baggage, not luggage, not something that belongs to you in the way of a piece of furniture or a car. You have a living human being. Does Kansas care? I would like you, Mr. Producer, to pull up that cut of that young woman's voice when she goes through to explain what a fetus, a baby, all of that is. If you could get that pulled up, uh, I would like our listeners to listen to that because that is exactly what this is all about. Here we go. You're in a conversation about abortion, and someone says, human life doesn't begin at conception. It's just a clump of cells. What would you say? It's easy to say life doesn't begin at conception because an embryo doesn't look like what we think people should look like. But we know human life begins at some point. Here are a few things to remember while you think about when that is. First, life doesn't begin at birth. It isn't logical to say life begins at birth because that would suggest that the baby inside the womb one day prior to birth wasn't alive. It's not reasonable to say an individual who is alive at birth is not alive one day prior to birth. The only difference is where they are. So we know life does not begin at birth. Second, life doesn't begin at viability. Many argue that human life begins once a baby can survive on her own outside the womb. But there are problems with this argument too. After all, viability changes based on technology. Today, babies can be born at 24 weeks and survive. But 200 years ago, that wasn't possible. Viability is also determined based on where you are born. Wealthy nations make things possible for babies that wouldn't be possible in a poorer country. Does that mean a 24-week baby in the United States is more alive than a 24-week baby in the jungles of the Congo? Of course not. So life must be determined by something other than viability. Third, life does not begin with a heartbeat. We know that living things only come from other living things. It wouldn't be possible then for the embryo to be non-living for the first few weeks and suddenly spring into life. So the embryo has to be alive prior to the heartbeat. Does this mean that we can be alive without a heartbeat? Yes. That's actually what makes the newly conceived embryo more functionally impressive than a born person. The embryo has an ability to live, grow, and move through the stages of human development without the feature you and I need to continue our growth and development. If life doesn't begin at birth, viability, or heartbeat, when does it begin? Life begins at conception. All right, Mr. Brian Brown. And that's good science. Attorney in Topeka, Kansas, and pro-life activist. I love that. Who is not activist as far as life is concerned in the state of Kansas? Um, thank you for being with us. Will you, be, will you be our Topeka voice from time to time on this? Oh, absolutely, Mr. Bott. I'd be honored to. All right. This is Dick Bott with my son, Rich, at this chapter for our Kansas listeners. And we'll see you later. Mm -hmm.